Hello and welcome to The Great Question, the podcast where we put random questions to funny people. My name is Fraser Robb and I'm a stand-up and improviser, and as such, I know a lot of funny people. So, what finer way to get to know them better than to ask them questions from a book I find on the internet? If you've been a regular listener, welcome back, and if this is your first time, hello! My guest today is Emer McGuire. As well as being a musical comedian, Emer is an international award-winning science communicator and a double Irish Radio Award-winning BBC presenter. She's also an event MC and presenter of the podcast Elementary, My Dear. Emer has a show coming up in Ulster Hall, and I'll tell you more about that later on. So here she is, my guest, Emer McGuire. Well, hi, Amy. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, so, Amy, you sent me uh, your three numbers, which were 224 and 237. Um, mm-hmm. So let's get to your first question, which is question two. Amy, what would you do if your six-year-old daughter's favourite toy, a talking doll, started trying to convince her that she needed a new friend, the next doll in the company's line? <laughs> so... If, so if my six-year-old, oh my God, right, that down. If my six-year-old's dog start doll, sorry, started talking to her, um, I'd probably start. I'd probably get the six-year-old tested first of all. I'd be very <laughs> concerned <laughs> about what was happening. Um, is it is it actually happening? Um, you know, so it is. If, it is, it is a, it's a talking doll. It's supposed to talk. So I'm guessing it's like. Oh, it's I a talking know. doll. Yeah, the question was I, so the question was so long <laughs> that I missed the thing. I thought I thought maybe 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 my daughter had some kind of condition or something as she was hearing hearing voices. A talking doll, and it's saying here buy the next upgrade. Yes, that's what it's saying. Presumably not quite as boldly as that, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's quite a good marketing move. I think I would probably be. I would probably be quite impressed by that. Okay. Um, I mean, morally, it's a bit well, that's unusual. But <laughs> morally <is> unusual? <laughs> is that how things think? Your, your scale of morality is from usual to yeah. unusual? <laughs> yes. Everything's acceptable, but it's usual <laughs> to unusual. Um, very open-minded. No, but I'm just thinking, because really, I feel like that's what happens with our phones, and with products That's anyway. True. That's true. You know, so and I like I'm super into technology. As soon as there's like an ad out for something or I get something through my phone saying, Hey, no, this phone's great, get the next one. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so I don't think it's that much different from that. And morally, is it is it amoral or is it innovative? I well, think it's it can it not be both? It could be, but I feel like that's kind of Steve Jobs level of of marketing with that. So I would probably, I mean, it would depend on what kind of doll it was, but because I would probably admire the company, I would maybe go and buy it. So if it was an Apple, if it was an Apple doll. Oh, if it was an Apple doll, I would, yeah, I would, I mean, I'm such a sheep. With Apple, I'd be, <laughs> you know, I'd have it in pre-order. Um, I'd be saying, yes, no problem, we'll go and get it, but I mean, it's weird. It's weird that they're advertising it to a kid. Well, that's but the thing. It's not really. It's not really that different to, you know, other 
other ways of advertising to kids. Like everything's advertised on TikTok and TV and things like that. I don't think it's that different. I think it's just smarter. Well, is that? Well, okay, let's go over a few things there. Because first of all, okay, so Apple, <laughs> yes, they, Apple, as um, innovative as, as they've been in their advertising strategies, are advertising to nominally adults, at least. Yes, teenagers are also, they're not, they're not, I haven't seen an Apple phone specifically for children or, or maybe I'm just not up to date with the latest products. Yeah, I do think though, I mean, I mean, I don't have any kids, so I don't know, but I think, I think, yeah, I think kids start using phones whenever they're 12. I mean, I know my friends who have kids, like their kids always want the the next iPhone, you know, Mm -hmm. so so I don't, I don't think that they're not advertising the kids. And because Apple has always been so focused on aesthetics, not looking just at the technology, but looking at how it looks and for it being very, very cool to have an Apple product, I think they definitely are, uh, whether it's kind of known by the public or not. I do think they advertise to young people, whether that's their intention or not. I think it is. They do advertise to those ones. So I think for a doll... I don't think it's that much different than any other piece of technology. I don't feel that it's kind of immoral. I mean, I don't know if that's a weird stance, <laughs> but I, I mean, if I had a product and it was like, here we've got a we've got a new version. I maybe you want to try that. You know, in terms of things in the world that are amoral, I'm not sure that that's one of them. <laughs> you know, on the on this moral relativism. <laughs> yes, 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 it's all relative. So so in my world of what's moral and what's amoral, a doll saying to a kid, Here, I'm good crack, maybe get the next one up. Uh it's got, you know, better hair, it's got whatever. I'm not sure I would count that as amoral. You know, if there was an element of fear or there was an element, I mean, if it's intimidating. If it was saying, file the next door, or I will kill your mummy. Exactly. If it's saying that at night, then we probably might have to talk about the the marketing then. I'm kind of looking at it from a technology point of view. If I'm just like, oh my God, that is an amazing idea. And I feel like kids, a lot of kids get what they want. So you're really cutting out the middleman of advertising to the parent and you really just go for the kid. Well, in a way then, do you think that it is advertising to the parent ultimately because the, while the end user is the child, the purchaser is the parent. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like secondary advertising, isn't it? Because you are kind of advertising to the, to the parent, but I don't know. I just think that's smart. I don't think that's amoral. I just, I mean, obviously kids are impressionable, so you are advertising to someone impressionable, but we're all impressionable whenever we're being advertised to. I mean, I'm not sure advertising to kids any different. Is it any different by the next upgrade? Is that any different to an ice cream van coming down the street and the kid hearing the siren and saying, you know, oh, there's the sign of an ice cream, must buy one. Okay. You know, I don't think it's that different. I just think it's smarter. Okay. Well, what then if there were... Other, but what if it was wasn't advertising dolls? As we know, companies are, are very rarely singular in the product line that they have. They're normally part of <laughs> part of conglomerates. So let's say, for example, that it was um, encouraging the child to start smoking. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, he's going to say cigarettes. Um, <laughs> I was like, he's going to go for drugs or cigarettes here. Uh, at the, <laughs> the doll being like, go on, Susan, just go out and buy a twenty pack. Um, 
So that's what I was saying earlier. Like, if there's no fear, harm, amorality, then I think it's fine. But in that case, I don't think that's fine because you're not really allowed to advertise cigarettes through other means at the as much anymore because so sorry, of just the harm. Up, so that you you wouldn't be you would be against it or you wouldn't be against it because you can't advertise. Oh no, I would. <laughs> no, no, I would. I would. I would, yeah, I would be against the advertising of specifically cigarettes to kids um, because of the harm factor. I don't think it's harmful to advertise at all, but I think it's harmful to advertise cigarettes. I don't know, people could say, oh, well, you know, it's it's maybe harmful to, it's harmful to advertise at all, pressure on the family to buy this, but that happens, you know, kids are going to be asking for things anyway. But I don't think, Mm -hmm. you know, advertising something harmful, is okay because obviously there's a different level of morality then do you know what if it was encouraging the child to ask their parents to buy shares in the company i again think that would be a very very good idea <laughs> <laughs> this is just going to feed into your evil empire or is this going to, this is how you're going to spread across just the world buy a conglomerate of dolls and put amplifiers in them and be like give him her money for coffee um yeah i so I, I feel like that would be less on brand and well, I don't sure. feel that you yeah. could, yeah, slightly less on brand asking a six year old to uh, kind of become a pimp for the, the company in terms of shares. But um, in terms of the doll advertising, the next doll, the more expensive line and newest one, you're, you're pretty much okay with that. I'm okay with it because I think it's just advertising, but in a, in a really innovative way. I mean, if it was my kid, I'd be like, God, I'm never going to hear the end of this doll now. <laughs> but if it wasn't that doll, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be something, something else. else okay. It's going to be something else that they've seen on TikTok or, you know, they've watched a video of someone opening on YouTube, you know. But do you think that things like, um, I mean, people obviously can make a lot of money, but they're certainly able to make some money from unboxing videos and the like. I have, a, 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 currently I have an addiction to uh, fragrance videos. So people talk Lovely. about people talking about aftershaves, <laughs> um, and it led me to buy. So it. weird. <laughs> Do you know what? It does sound weird. It's not. I hear it myself does, saying it. And it doesn't sound weird. It is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I also, but I buy them. I also buy them. You know. But so I what? Can them. you like? Can you smell them through the screen? Are you like? Oh yes, I'm getting those beautiful no, like, cedarwood yes, tones. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like you know, like wine. Like people reviewing wine. Uh, some some of that. <laughs> So, um, and striving Teresa mad, but um, oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so yeah, I can see the power of it. But whenever advertising is targeted specifically at small children, do you think you, I, I, I know the answer to this? You, you do think that's more okay? I mean, that's how talk that. I mean, who else are you advertising toys to? I don't understand how one could say. <laughs> oh, no, we cannot advertise to small children because who is the toy market for? Small children are small children, but they're, they're still a, a group uh, of people. They're still a group of consumers who have very different needs from adults. <laughs> so they have, to have, they have to have their own specific uh, market and they have to have their own products and things because, you know, Otherwise, you're wiping out a whole market. And also, oh, they need toys, they need books, they need all these kid things, and they have to be appealing to them. They don't need toys. 
No, no, they, they do need toys. They do need toys. Toys are toys are important for play development, language skills, all those things. They, <laughs> Some they toys do are. need them. <laughs> I don't think advertising to kids generally is amoral. I think you can't not advertise to kids because then <laughs> what products would they have? Who will buy who will buy my products if I cannot tell children about them? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's fair enough. So I think it's okay. Definitely not immoral. Definitely not immoral. In fact. Not to me. You're going to use it for her. I'd be like, genius. (laughs) (laughs) So Dole's saying, tell your mommy and daddy to buy tickets to Eamon McGuire. Buy tickets to my show, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Would you like to be truly brilliant? more intelligent than 99.9% of the population? If so, would it matter if being that smart would virtually eliminate your sense of humour about the things that amuse most people? Ooh. Now, Amy, you're you're a very intelligent woman. Why why thank you? Actually, do you know what? I'm not even sure if saying saying intelligent woman... Well, no, it's, it's it's in your it's it's in your CV, um, uh, or just an intelligent person. You're just, you're a very intelligent person. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so after I said woman, I thought that sounds of I'm just narrowing the categories. Um, <laughs> you're like you're smart for a woman. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as far as they as far as they go, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and obviously you're a comedian. So a quandary. God, that's really hard. That is that's that's a really really difficult one because ooh, it's a great question. Um, it's like balancing the two sides of your your career, I guess. You would still be able to make jokes, but like me, most people wouldn't understand. So, <laughs> I mean, I I would keep the sense of humor definitely because I think it's a big part of my personality. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kind of whenever I do gigs and. You know, it's musical comedy that I do, but you know, when I'm doing gigs and chatting and doing my songs, the main thing that people say to me is, oh God, you know, it was really relatable. So I mm-hmm. kind of like that it's things that, you know, observant things that people do relate to and it's, it is kind of for everyone. So I do like that it is humor that, you know, general people find funny. So I wouldn't get rid of that. But if you had have said almost any other quality, I probably okay. would have gone okay. for the intelligent because I um like I do place a real value on intelligence. Mm-hmm. Not even yeah, well, not even particularly intelligence, but just kind of, you know, wanting to learn and um and kind of being inquisitive and you know I, I do place quite a lot of value on those type of things. Um, and I am really interested in those type of things. Uh, but then again, I do think there is a lot of value and intelligence within humor. So I, I do think, yeah, I think a lot of comedians are very, very intelligent. Yeah, I've always felt that, I must say. Yeah, so. <sighs> My favorite comedians that I watched were, um, you know, I love, I love Victoria Wood, love her songs. Uh, mostly because I thought, my God, those are so intelligent. I always loved as well. I know we, I know we kind of became huge this year that Netflix especially did. But when I was kind of 14, 15, 16, I absolutely loved Bo Burnham. I used to watch him all the time on YouTube and I was so 
intrigued and kind of attracted to the writing uh, of the songs and how lyric heavy they were and how brilliant he was for maybe he was 16 at the time and again how eloquent and how wonderful he was with words and you know Tim Minchin who I love as well is the same and like I do think there is that kind of inbuilt intelligence you know I've no idea if with everyone but I know certainly a lot of comedians that I've seen, I've thought, whoa, I've thought, you know, to be able to control all these elements at a gig and also get the audience on your side and also be so aware of how much the audience are enjoying it and interacting with them and, and being so quick off the cuff and things, you have to be, you have to be pretty bright. So that question is a hard one. I would very much like to be smarter than everyone else. Um, <laughs> I would love that. I think it would make things so easy, you know, if you were kind of going through education or you were going through everything, if you just were super intelligent, you know, I guess it would make it would make life easy, do you know? Just to go back a second then, uh, just to talk about a little bit about the comedians that uh, you admire. Um, so they're all, all three of them, to a greater or lesser extent, are musical comedians. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Obviously, Victoria Wood is also a, a stand behind the mic stand up. It's it's her it's her musical comedy just that I yeah. like it's her musical comedy I like yeah so musical comedy I would say it's your you, you do as well so it's it's specifically musical comedy that you were interested in and are interested in yeah yeah totally but but I never really you know I never I know there's all these people that kind of they grew up with these comedy idols and watching comedy and you know wanted to be the next whatever but like I never planned to do comedy I never wanted to do comedy I kind of fell into this by accident and I just happened to be some like I me mean, now I always wanted to be a musician and I am um, I'm just someone who always loved music who always really loved songwriting um and, and put a real emphasis on kind of the lyrical side of things uh, and kind of having little witty lines and things like that so I was always really attracted to those those comedians. Probably the music brought me to them, and then the jokes probably made me stay. You know what I mean? Like sure. I was just, I just thought, you know, God, they're so smart, they're so quick, and also it's funny, mm-hmm. you know. So I kind of, I, I never grew up absolutely loving comedy um, in the way that I feel others who are comedians do. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably grew up you know loving music in that way or loving you know playing sports in that way not the comedy but I guess I wasn't really exposed to comedy that much until I kind of discovered on YouTube as a teenager these musical comedians really and I just yeah 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 I never never watched comedy as a you know as a a kid or a young teenager or anything god I was just writing normal songs well as normal as they they could be you know (laughs) but um songs of heartbreak heartbreak and loss and Absolutely. Um, a f- funny story. I actually, you know, was writing just love songs. And before I did musical comedy around Belfast, I was just being really sad and devastated. And all people always come up to me after gigs and was like, that their song was hilarious. And I was like, that's about, you know, the worst trauma I've been through. It's about heartbreak. It's about me getting dumped. Um, and they were always like, oh, that, that's hilarious, you know. So I kind of thought, God, maybe I should try and make them funny, you know, must have a, unusual way of writing things but um no it was, it was very specific it's very specifically i mean i like like comedy like now going to comedy gigs um one of the first ones were you were you wonder frog were you yeah. mm-hmm. yes well, the first comedy gig i ever went to in belfast was wonder frog at the black box <laughs> what yep really? it was the first it was the first comedy gig 
that I was ever at. First that's, live comedy gig I was and, ever at in my life. And and you went back to another one, so that's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was brilliant, but 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 that just kind of shows you of how much I didn't really grow up with it because that was the first one. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I was an adult by that stage and things, and I absolutely loved it. But I just it never had really crossed my path. But yeah, it is music is is uh, musical comedy specifically. I do enjoy, but now I like all types of comedy when I'm at gigs. But I always think good musical comedy, like those ones that I mentioned, I just they just have something special about them for me. So when you think of intelligence, do you think of that as um, like mental horsepower? Because you were saying um, how life would be easier. So do you think it's like like pure, if you like, computational power? Or do you subscribe to the idea of different different notions of intelligence, different types of intelligence? Oh, totally different types of intelligence, 100%. Whenever I'm thinking okay. of a generic intelligence, I guess I'm thinking of uh, kind of almost like a natural genius without any practice type of intelligence where you can just, you know, turn your hand to anything and you're just, there's no problems with it. There's no disorganization of thought. There's, there's no anything you can just do it. I think creativity is a very specific form of intelligence. Also, like a more analytical mind is a very specific form of intelligence. I probably see it more as ultimate excelling in whatever field you want without as much without as much effort as someone who wasn't as intelligent, you know? So I probably see intelligence in that way. So in different types of intelligence, mm-hmm. creative intelligence, I guess there's emotional intelligence, social intelligence, and then analytical intelligence. So yeah. of those, which one would you want if you could only choose one of those things to be boosted to the to the extreme, which one would be most valuable to you? What would I like? I'd probably like quite a few of them. I'd like the physical one. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I'd like the musical one. one. I'd like the linguistic one. one. Um, I'd like all of them, you know, but, <laughs> I, or, I, or any of them to any extent. <laughs> totally, me too. I think the ones. <laughs> I think the ones that I would really like are probably the ones in the areas that I'm interested in. So, I mean, I I, I love sports, so I'd like that kind of kinesthetic okay. physical one, like music. Mm-hmm. So, I'd like the musical one. I like language, so I'd like that linguistic one. Of them, so it would be to boost the things that you're good at already. Yeah, yeah. Rather than to something you may feel you're lacking in. Yes, because um, I feel I feel pretty strongly that I have followed um, kind of my interests, which then has kind of led the skills. So I pursued what I was interested in, which was the music and the English and those those you know the communication those side of things and i feel that the, the more that you pursue something the, the better you get at it and i think i wouldn't choose to be like a super genius and say for example maths i mean you can make an absolute fortune but i wouldn't choose to be a super genius in it if i was still myself right now because i wouldn't have any passion so i might be a super yeah. genius but i would be super bored i would probably of all of them, I would probably choose the musical one. I probably feel that I'm lacking a little bit in music because I play, I mean, I, I did my grades and everything, piano, and I play guitar when I'm on stage and play other you know, drums, whatever. Um, but I always play by ear, and even though I did my grades, I can't read music. So I would definitely like kind of a little bit of a, a an exaggerated or improved skill in that area, you know. For just, just I think it would make things easier in terms of, writing songs and, 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 and well, stuff yeah. like that. You know, I think 
if you were if you were prince that might be <laughs> if i was prince <laughs> it would make things easier <laughs> yes <laughs> Def- definitely so that would probably be the one i would i mean i would like them all but uh that would be the one yeah. i would choose and if you've got the music you can probably be um uh less emotionally intelligent and people will forgive you <laughs> true they'll <laughs> be like prince they'll be, yeah they'll be like there's mozart there I don't need this don't even need to speak to us you know have you, heard, have you heard our orchestra? Yeah, she's brilliant. You know what? He blows hot and cold, that Mozart, you know? <laughs> He's not a people he person, but that, oh yeah, he can, he can sight read that music there. Yeah. <laughs> this question is a two-parter, Emer. Okay, I've got, I've got my notebook in case I need to write this down. Yeah, well, you may need to. So the first, the first part of the question is, if you could reshape your recollections of any unpleasant past experience, and replace your present memories with the ones that were much more palatable, would you? If so, what would you change and why? Maybe uh, bullying or um, you mentioned earlier a breakup, maybe a bad breakup. I know I'd like to replace some memories of some of mine. Um, (laughs) And replace them with ones which are more palatable. Would you do that? I honestly don't think so. Okay. I really don't think so because... I think so many of your experiences are almost like building blocks of, of mm-hmm. who you end up to be. I think if everything's palatable, then it's not very realistic. And I also think that that doesn't really teach you how to cope with things. So so I think any less palatable things, maybe that I've been through or that other people have been through, they're not pleasant at the time. But I really think that it helps you kind of You know, I have this thing, you know, I get really bad stage fright and I have this thing Mm -hmm. where I've had all these kind of experiences, which I've thought of as being really negative related to stage fright. But then I kind of use those for the future of any time I have stage fright. I say, look, I had all these things in the past. I got through those Mm -hmm. so I can do this. So that's kind of just an example of how I think you can kind of use those experiences. But I think like I could understand if you went through really horrendous traumatic experience and really really bad thing that you would want to change that but luckily i haven't gone through anything that would be that traumatic that i would block it out at the expense of learning something from it um Mm -hmm. if that if that makes sense you know it's kind of important as a person even just to to remind yourself of here god won't do that again you know, we'll be stupid enough to do that again. Well, Naimer, if you if you've been able to learn from your mistakes, you're a much better person than me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't from all of them, but, but I feel like I have from some. You know, so so I I feel like I'm a like a real perfectionist, like pathologically a perfectionist, okay, and yeah. and so I think it. I think for someone like me, it can be unhealthy to ruminate on those things if you can't get them out of your head. But I think if you try. I think that's probably why I try pretty hard to to reframe things into well that had to happen as you know to kind of change a future positive experience or whatever or something you can learn from um because I think otherwise those things just kind of um rot in your brain to use a very uh, non-eloquent phrase if, if if that makes sense I'm not saying I'm not saying that I've learned from everything I've ever done because it happens, <laughs> and I've repeated quite a few mistakes. But I do think, um, I think, I think to remove all those things would make you less human. I think it would make you less you. Um, and I think all the funny. things. I think, I think it would make you less funny. Oh, it would make it would totally make you less funny. All the things I talk about anyway are about my life mm-hmm. and about things that have maybe gone slightly askew 
things have gone slightly wrong. And, you know, people, uh, you know, people say, I've said to you earlier, people say to me that relatable thing. And I'm like, you know, everyone, everyone's on the same planet. You know, we're all kind of doing different things, but everyone has this, the same kind of general sense of how things work and how things yeah. don't work and, and, you know, what is bad and what is good. And we can all use that to be relatable. And especially, I think, as comedians, like, we, we need material, do you know what I mean? Like, we need things to talk about, you know, I need things to sing about. If everything was amazing, like, you know, if I was like, oh, yeah, like, my life is great and, you know, I am just the best, most intelligent, funniest person in the world and, like, I'm so stunningly beautiful and, like, everything's always gone so perfect for me in life and, like, I wouldn't have any songs from that, do you know uh, what I mean? Gamer, I've actually seen a comedian um, who has, who, who uh, doesn't perform anymore, whose act was pretty much that. Was it Tracy? Was it Tracy? <laughs> no. Just- no. You're like, and a martyr. <laughs> no, no Teresa's Teresa, stories are always like, I am an idiot and here's why. Um, yes. I always think it's I always think it's not the worst idea as a comedian to be slightly self-deprecating. I always think that's the, the funniest thing in, in Northern Ireland. Like we uh, we as a people, we are we are so self-deprecating anyway. We as a homogenous people who have no differences. <laughs> we as a very peaceful group who all love each other um yeah we like we're so self-deprecating anyway yeah. and i i find that very funny it's, it's the job of a comedian to make people want to be their friend like not everyone's going to walk into a room and say oh that person over there loves themselves must be friends with them they're going to be great crack whereas i feel you know <laughs> i feel like if it's someone that you're like they're able to kind of take the piss out of themselves a little bit mm. I, I definitely would be like that's my mate you know that's the that's the person that I want to hang out with who's not taking themselves too seriously and, yeah. and is able to have a bit of crack you know? so that was my chat with Emer McGuire as I mentioned earlier Emer has her own show at the Ulster Hall it's her brand new show In Her Element and it's on the 16th of October if you'd like some tickets, I've put a link in the description of this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. If you've enjoyed the episode, please tell your friends. And uh, why not consider hitting that follow button on Spotify or perhaps on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss any episodes ever again. My name's been Fraser Rob. All that's left for me to say is so long for now. See you down the road. Goodbye. <laughs>